You're listening to Orange Blaze, a Florida Trail podcast. I just sat there and it just changed. So in my head, for that after that section, it pretty much just turned into I talked about Goggins and you know pain and is such a, a teacher and it, it kind of teaches you who you are. Um, and you know this was a test of who who am I? You know sometimes in your life you you sit there and you, I don't know, maybe you do, I do from time to time, you sit there and wonder if you are who you say you are and who you want to be. So I kind of like was, I kind of stepped away from, hey, this is going to be an enjoyable experience to, I don't care how much this sucks. I don't care what happens. I'm going to finish this only because I'm not going to let this trail beat me. I I don't (laughs) care. This is now a uh, test of just how much pain and crap I could take and how much discomfort before, um, you know, I finished and, and got it done and what I could accomplish, you know, mentally and, and all that through adversity. That was Rob and Kelly Whip, and I'm Misty Ridley Little, your host for the podcast. Rob and Kelly, known through their travel Instagram as The Wandering Wimps, are a couple experiencing life on their own terms. After getting a taste of what life of travel could be like, they adjusted their goals and set off on the road to live out of their RV full-time. Traveling the U.S. while Rob works as an electrician and Kelly works in the health and wellness industry, they've carved a niche for themselves. Meanwhile, Rob came across a long-distance hiking community, and it timed up perfectly well to put into motion a hike of the Florida Trail as his first through-hike in 2020. Rob departed from Big Cypress National Preserve while Kelly supported from a distance off-trail. I appreciated this conversation with them because you get to see both the perspectives of a newbie through hiker, but also the perspective of a supportive spouse. Our conversation ranges from how unprepared Rob was at the beginning, but taking it all in stride to complete his hike, the ups and downs of the trail, as well as some of the more serious concerns, such as scary road walking and loose dog incidents that I fear are becoming even more frequent on the Florida Trail these days. And we talk about RV life and managing this to make life work for them which I think offers up a good perspective to the reality of what hashtag van life is for some folks. All right, on to the conversation with Rob and Kelly. Okay, um, yeah, I guess maybe first, like, you guys, I went and deep dived into your, your Instagrams and your blog, and uh, maybe even to back up a little bit and introduce yourselves and how you met, and I guess how you guys got into traveling, because you guys did a lot of crazy things. You went to Europe, and you're traveling the U.S. right now. Like, how did all of that happen? Yeah, for sure. So we actually met in Vegas. Um, I'll let Rob kind of tell the story about how he ended up there. I was there going to school and um, just kind of living life. And then we met there and, and had a house and a whole life there. And in a, in 2014, my mom passed away. And it was kind of a turning point for us. We decided we wanted to travel and just experience life a little bit. Um, Kenny, do you want to talk about how you came to Vegas? Okay, so uh, I got out of the military in 2005 and went to Michigan. Tried to get a job, didn't really pan out. My mom was in Vegas and said I could get a job as an electrician. So on a Thursday, I had a job interview that didn't really go well with the post office. Uh, And then (laughs) Friday, I packed all my stuff up and headed to Vegas became an electrician and then somewhat into that uh kelly stalked me 
and she's I mean, you, I mean, whatever. It's a point of opinion, whatever. Um, at a pool, and then you know we dated and all that, and then one day we kind of just sat back and you know we had made the decision we weren't going to have kids, so we were kind of sitting there and talking about it and Kelly came up with this thing like you know list your what's most valuable to you what do you want to do and all that and both of us came up with travel so after that being said we kind of just structured our life to uh, travel was our main goal and uh, with Kelly's mom's passing we decided to take a two-month trip to Europe and then that pretty much uh, just, yeah. Yeah, I would say that the trip to Europe was the catalyst for us. We both just took a, a backpack and um, cruised around, and it was awesome. We had such such an amazing time, and we came home to our big, you know, 2,000-square-foot house, and I'll never forget the, the next day we woke up after coming home and just looked at each other and just knew that something wasn't right, you know, it just wasn't in alignment anymore. And uh, I was a teacher at the time. I have a background in teaching, and Never, ever thought I'd leave the classroom, but after having the travel bug stilled in you so hard, it's, like, hard to shake it. So, um, yeah, we got back from Europe in August, and by November, we had sold our house, and we're living full-time in an RV. That's pretty crazy. Wow. (laughs) So, you decided to, I guess, basically rearrange your life to make travel a a thing. So, how did you guys set up, um, I guess, your lifestyle, like your jobs and how does that work? Because I know some people can do this van life sort of situations, RV or lifestyle, but after a few years, it can be, I don't know, kind of wearing, like how have you guys made it uh, sustainable? Yeah, that's a, a really good point. And I think that's something that we've run into quite a bit with our other friends who we've met who travel full time is the, the burnout is very real. So we have found through trial and error, honestly, um, kind of what, what works for us so far, you know, I, like I mentioned, I was in education before, so I worked a lot online doing tutoring and, um, I also run a network marketing business and I have since gotten into the health coaching field. So most of what I do can be done pretty much anywhere and now podcasting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so pretty much, you know, I can do my job from anywhere, but, um, the majority of our income, especially in the beginning, came from Rob's job, um, and I'll let him share about that. So, as a union electrician, uh, it's pretty much set up perfectly for uh, travelers. So, here's how it works: basically, you get a, you become a union electrician, and after you go through school, pretty much wherever there's a local union, if they need guys, you can go. Wherever they are, you can sign the books. So we're in Austin right now. You go sign the books. They have a job call for, let's say, 16 guys going to the new Tesla factory. You put your name on the list, and if your name gets called, there you got a job. And you work it until you want to stop working or until the job's done. Yeah, so we have found our sweet spot. We try to stay in one place for four weeks at a minimum. Um, and a, a couple reasons for that. One, you get a discount usually on a monthly RV park or campground stay. So you're c- keeping our costs down a little bit that way. We find that four weeks is really, especially if you're working, you kind of need four weeks to really get your finger on the pulse of like a culture or a new place because, 
you know, you can't be out adventuring all day, every day, although that would be goals. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, and, and also for us, we find that if we stay for a, about a month in one place, it gives us an opportunity to feel like we're adventuring and also like we're at home simultaneously, if that makes any sense, so that we have less burnout. A lot of our friends who move around every two to three days or every week, you know, after about six months of that, it's just very draining. So I would say on average, we're in a place for probably, what, 90 days? That would probably be our average? Uh, I mean, I don't think I've had a specific job more than two months in the last couple of years. Because I do more or less shutdowns. So the, a lot of the things I'm doing, like auto plants or any of this stuff, it's like a seven days a week, 12 hours a day. And they don't last super long. You make a bunch of money and then you're done. So we yeah. pretty much they just work a couple months and then we either sit and wait and figure something out or we go and travel and, and all that. It's kind of, you know, up in the air of how we feel at the time. Right. Yeah. So, okay, when you guys are, I'm just curious about this, too, because y'all seem a little bit different than some of the other van lifers that I I see uh, in that they seem to be always, I mean, they work a little bit, but then they save up for basically, it seems, at least it appears to be like they're, you know, hiking and adventuring most of the time, and then maybe they work a little bit sometimes. But it sounds like y'all are working, and then you kind of adventure in between that, like you may be working, you know, you know, 12 hours a day for seven days a week, but then maybe I, don't, I would assume you would get some extended period of time off mm-hmm. uh, in there. And so are you guys out hiking? What are you guys doing sightseeing wise? Um, I mean, it's a combination of things. So I worked. So 2020, I did the Florida trail. 2019, I knew I was going to do that trail. So I worked uh, probably nine months out of the year and then taking a week off here, a couple weeks off there, maybe a month off there um, in preparation for that. And then um, other years, I mean, the first year we RV'd, I worked for six months and then took we took six straight months off. And it, I mean, it kind of depends on jobs and money and what we're doing. So we're kind of a... Uh, you know, depending on jobs, make a bunch of money and then go travel. The difference, I think, a lot of times with my job and a lot of other RVers is I have to physically be in a location where, like Kelly, for instance, she can be anywhere. She can be anywhere in the United States or anywhere in the world uh, Mm -hmm. and still make an income. For me, I got to be somewhere. And I usually trend towards the fast paced, long hours, big money jobs. So I can get in there, make a lot of money for a month or two or three, and then take a couple months off after that. And that's when we start traveling and, and going and seeing a lot of stuff. Yeah. And when, when we're adventuring, I'd say we do, we do a pretty good mix of things. We, we're not huge fans of cities, but there is an element to having all the amenities. Um, so right now we're about 45 minutes south of Austin. So we actually spent today kind of adventuring around and doing a Target run and a Costco <laughs> run and all the things that you might not necessarily have access to. Um, but yeah, we do we do a lot of hiking. We love adventuring around in little state and local county parks. Um, we're big fans of breweries. Yeah. <laughs> check out those types of places. But we're pretty much outside as much as we well, I mean, the last, so I left a job uh, probably a week into our month, a uh, couple months ago, 
last month, right? And then we stayed there for the rest of the month. And then the last month we've been traveling, we went to New Orleans, hung out there for a little bit. And then we came out through Texas, found a state park, stayed there. We were only supposed to stay there for a day or two, ended up staying there for like a week and then found another one, ended up staying there for a week. So it was like kind of like a, you know, depending on how good the park is and how good we're not really like amenities. Like I don't care about all like the pools and all that more like the, the space and the freedom and more of mother nature and hiking and running and all that so that you can have a little bit more freedom and you're not just like, you know, right now we're not in the best situation, you know, because uh, you're kind of in concrete, everything. We're right next yeah. to the freeway, which is not <laughs> the best. But the last few parks we had were fantastic. So it's kind of a give and a take when it comes to mm-hmm. to that. Right, right, right. So in, in all of that, like, what made you decide to do a long-distance trail if it seems like this is Florida, the Florida Trail was your first long-distance trail? Like, what got you into that idea? Um, you know what? I had been for years. I mean, even before I met Kelly, like I had this crazy idea, like, oh, what was the end of the wild? Like, remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I had this crazy. So I watched that movie. And I mean, me and my buddy, you know, I was in the military. So I have some outdoor training. So I was sitting there and and I had actually they had a, a college. I can't remember the name of the college where you can go and 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 get college credits to go to like Patagonia and spend a semester there. I can't remember the name. It's like Knowles or something like that, which mm-hmm. I always saw. I was always interested in hiking and outdoors outdoorsing. When I went in Vegas, they had like these week long, month long, ten day long survival courses that I was like trying to save my money up to do. And so I've always been there, and in the back of my head wanted to do it. The Appalachian Trail was always something that I wanted to do, but like being able to commit to six months, um, or four months, uh, whichever, was just a little bit too much for the first go round. So it just pretty much timed out that my slow season is January, February, uh, and the Florida trail just kind of fit perfectly in that window. So I just sat there and was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And just, you know, <laughs> just, I, I don't like we. So Kelly and I, when it started for us, uh, you know, changing our life and all that, we started getting into this, uh, what do they call some dayers? Oh yeah. Like someday I'll do some, this. Someday yeah. I'll do okay. Yeah. So we, we were getting stuck into that. I mean, I mean, I've done someday. Everyone does it. So I had done that for a long time and yes, I had done a lot of it and sometimes I didn't. Um, but I was tired of that being something to where I was, not accomplishing all the things I wanted to as much and more Sundays than actually going and doing it. So that was what sparked this whole journey in the first place. And then I finally just sat there and was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And it was, we made a bunch of money. I worked the whole year and just figured I'd just go for it. So how did you even come across the Florida trail to begin with? I mean, you said you knew about the Appalachian trail. Was it just because you started doing research, you came across it or where did you see it in your travels or how did that happen? So the Florida trail came up by time frame. So January, February is when it gets hiked. Uh, it also came up because I, I read this book, well, audio booked, uh, can't hurt me. Ever heard of David Goggins? I've not. 
You should. It'll, it'll <laughs> ruin your life or it'll make it better. <laughs> One of the two. So his basically thing is like pain is a motivator and, you know, being in the Marine Corps and all that, that kind of spoke to me. So I was like, what would be the worst case scenario for me when it comes to uncomfortable? Well, I don't like swamps. I don't like alligators. I don't like snakes. I don't <laughs> like humidity. I don't like uh, I don't like mosquitoes. Basically, everything about the Florida Trail, I knew I was going to be uncomfortable with, and I wouldn't like. Uh, so that's my <laughs> ridiculous reason for initially looking into it, and then just you know testing myself, I guess, in that right. Right, right. So since you basically it's a big test, what kind of did you do a lot of preparations or were you just kind of uh, just going with the flow, just going to hope your, hope everything worked out perfectly when you got out there? How did you guys I mean, it sounds like you worked. you said you worked a lot leading up to that. Um, did you do any like hiking to prepare or was it just throw yourself into the whole thing? Well, so uh, I'm a big dumb idiot. So well, I'll say that first. Um, so I focused a sh- ton because I was working so much. I focused a ton on gear. So I figured that was, and I always have focused on gear. I've always liked gear. So I focused on that. And that was like my main focus. Cause I was like, you know, if I made a mistake on the trail physically, I, with my background and all that, I figured that I could handle it. I had, I think that year had run a half marathon. So I had trained and I run and all that. So I was in physical shape, not the Mm -hmm. best, but uh, enough. And I figured where, what makes and breaks people on hikes uh, is your gear and the weight and all that. So I spent most of my time on getting that where it needed to be. Um, And then, I mean, (laughs) I kind of, yeah, I didn't really train nearly as much, which the first week was, uh, well, the swamps killed me. It, it, it <laughs> yeah. was, I thought I was going to have to come and rescue you on, like, day two. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, the, the swamps were, were quite difficult, but then, uh, and then I, I pretty much got the, the swing of things and made a couple, uh, well, uh, adjustments, and then I was, I was a lot better off. Yeah, yeah. So, so I went unprepared other than gear. Gear <laughs> is the focus. I was like, listen, well, here's the thing. You know, the Florida Trail, there's not many places you can get gear until you hit Orlando. Yeah. So if you screw up in that first week and you don't have your gear dialed in, you're screwed because it's going to be a pain in the ass to get what you need. Yeah. So my focus was if I make sure my gear is good, which it ended up panning out great for me the gear wise um then i wouldn't have as much to to worry about it was just physically i yeah it it, it was rough that first uh i mean it took me four days to get out of the swamp it sucked <laughs> yeah that's four days is actually pretty long for uh for that swamp i mean most people do it what, in two or three days but yeah. yeah i mean the first day i started at noon uh so and then i i i was just dehydrated i didn't bring enough water I brought like five pounds of couscous. I just, the food was, I made, yeah, I made horrible decisions on food and all that. And I just wasn't drinking enough water and yeah, it sucked. The first, yeah. I mean, I 
jumped. I was screaming hell yes when I finally got, you know, right when you get out of the swamps, there's mm-hmm. no more water and you start, you hit that like field and you're walking. I was like, hell yes. This, I was so happy. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> now, did you happen to start around anybody down there or were you just suffering by yourself? I suffered. Well, so the first day I, I was going to pull the pin at the seven mile camp, but I was like, well, I didn't really want to stay with anyone else on my uh, first night. I kind of wanted to chill out by myself. So I made it to like 10 mile camp or something like that. And then, you know, stopped early because I didn't really, because I heard how bad the mosquitoes were. And then I didn't really, I saw people, but everybody was just so much faster uh, and just killing it because I was, First of all, I was wearing my pack wrong. I wore it too high. I had my hip belt around my, you know, my stomach, which, mm. you know, made me feel queasy. And I started puking my gut. It was bad. <laughs> oh, it my was, gosh. Yeah, it was. I came in. Yeah. Well, really I think you got to realize, too, we were in preparation for this. Um, we actually had left our RV and the dog at our family property in Michigan uh, at the after Thanksgiving. And then we took a multiple week long house sit um for perfect strangers in ocala we figured we would do that so he could adjust a little bit to the weather and we would be closer but we didn't really factor in the drive time from our house sit in then we went to tampa we didn't really factor in the drive time from tampa to the start of the trail and so he got started so much later that first day, and it was like unseasonably warm, and I, I think that did not help yeah. <laughs> the yeah. situation yeah. at all. So I just started off. Uh, I just didn't. Yeah, I didn't start off right. But you finished strong. So. I, I finished. Yeah, I finished strong. Thanks. Yeah, it's definitely hard to start that section in the middle of the day, and I've done that section when it's been bone dry and you're like, it's so hot. This is like supposed to be wet and there's no water. And then, you know, I've done it when, you know, it's been mostly wet as well. So it's pretty amazing just how quickly it can warm up out there. And even though it seems like it shouldn't be uh, that bad, it it can be pretty, uh, pretty awful for some folks. And it sounds like it's pretty bad for you. Especially if you start. So like, like you said, I, so I put all those folks into gear, the food that I brought, even though I know I watch videos now that I look at it, I remember watching videos on the right nutrition to take for whatever reason I chose to do. I mean, I brought like peppered beef jerky, which I dumped out because <laughs> I was like, I can't even eat this because I'm so damn thirsty. So I, there, I made a lot of mistakes food wise to where everything had to be cooked, which when you're trying to move it, it's like, I wasn't eating breakfast. So I wasn't, taking enough food in, I wasn't drinking enough water, the the long section that's all wet, that's all swamp, I couldn't stop to to get more water because I had to I would have to take my pack off and there was nowhere to set my pack down to like yeah. to, to filter some water. So it was just like a lot of bad decisions. Um you know just a lot of bad decisions one after another and you know, I just sat there and was like, all right, well, I guess this is going to suck for a while. And then you made it, make it out. And then, in, then once you make it out, it's a whole new different kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I have a I have, go up about three different ways there. But first, I have two things for Kelly. So um, why were, were you not interested in hiking this trail with him? Or are you just not like a hiker in that aspect? 
So I actually, I really enjoy hiking. I have not done any overnighters yet, um, but it is something I'd like to do, like a section hike of somewhere. We, um, back when we first started dating, we would do a lot of camping. I grew up hiking and camping. So that is, that's comfortable for me, but the overnighters are kind of a new thing. And honestly, this was kind of a journey that he wanted to take on his own. Um, so I, like, I don't mean this to come off wrong, but I wasn't really invited yeah. <laughs> to do this hike. Like it very much was a, he needed to do this journey by himself. And, um, you know, when he came to me with the idea, I was of course supported just because we live a non-traditional life anyway. And I travel quite a bit already for work uh, throughout the year. So we're used to being apart for chunks of time, not quite that long. That was really hard on me. Um, but, you know, it wasn't brand new for us to kind of be apart for a little bit. So I knew that he just needed to do it. And, um, yeah, it worked out okay. Okay. And so the, my second part was that since I knew that you didn't hike the trail, um, how much support did you do, you know, while he was hiking? I, I seemed like you weren't actually in the state some of that part, at least part of that time, maybe once you dropped him off. Is that what happened? Yeah, it was pretty crazy, actually. I dropped him off and then drove to stay with my friends in Maryland, like okay. that very day. Um, <laughs> so I stayed with them for a little bit and then went home to, well, home, air quotes. I mean, <laughs> where is yeah. home these days? But went back to Nevada, where I grew up and visited with family there for a while and kind of bounced around. So all of my support for him really was done via via the phone. I mean, I, I honestly didn't expect that he would have much cell reception. So it was kind of nice that he was able to, you know, give me a text or a FaceTime here and there. Um, so yeah, a lot of it was just energetic support <laughs> rather yeah. than actual physical support. Yeah. Well, and, and then Rob, I want to talk to about, you know, you, you wanted to start this trail because you wanted to basically challenge yourself. Um, but it, you did challenge yourself at the very beginning. And when you get to I-75, you get out of the swamp, you know, how did you make the decision not to quit? Because it sounds like it was, you really kind of thought about it there for a minute and then you just kept going. Like, was it just because, well, I'm here. I must, I got to walk to the end of Florida. How, how did you do, manage to make yourself keep going? Um, well, uh, well, being a big dumb Marine, uh, and, and pulling in on, on that, uh, I pretty much, so, like I had read about the Florida trail and I read about the, the road walks and concrete and all that and swamps. And I was like, whatever, I'll, it'll be fine. I didn't really do as much research as I should have. And also, you know, you know, once you're out there, you know, all the reading will only get you so far because stuff happens and you just got to make decisions, you know, like, Hey, this camp's here. Uh, maybe it's full. Maybe you don't have enough water. You know, you just got to keep going or, you know, there's a lot of different circumstances that happen that your, your plan pretty much goes out the window after the first couple days, uh, if not mm -hmm. the first day. Yeah. Uh, so um, I just sat there and it just changed. So in my head for that after that section, it pretty much just turned into I talked about Goggins and, you know, pain and is such a, a teacher and it, it kind of teaches you who you are um, and. You know, this was a test of who who am I? You know, sometimes in your life you, you sit there and you, I don't know, maybe you do. I do from time to time. You sit there and wonder if you are who you say you are and who you want to be. So I kind of like was, I kind of stepped away from, hey, this is going to be an enjoyable experience 
to I don't care how much this sucks. I don't care what happens. I'm going to finish this only because I'm not going to let this trail beat me. I, I don't care. <laughs> this is now a uh, test of just how much pain and crap I could take and how much discomfort before, um, you know, I finished and, and got it done and what I could accomplish, you know, mentally and, and all that through adversity. Well, I right. think it's also part of your personality too. I mean, like I mentioned, we, we got back from Europe in August, looked at each other, decided, Hey, maybe we need to figure out how life looks, you know, differently if we sell our house or what we do. And, I took a business trip to Oregon in October and while I was gone, he had managed to like pack up half the house, buy a truck and was starting to look at RVs. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> I mean, part of it is just, it's just his personality. You know, when he commits to something, he just pushes the gas and there's, there's not a whole lot of break, which is both a blessing and a curse, I think sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, from your perspective, Kelly, when you're hearing how this trail is going for him, what are you thinking? Are you just, I mean, it sounds like you think he's just, he's made of the, he's made of the character that's going to finish this trail, no matter what it's put in front of him. Um, Were you at all worried or you're like, he's good to go? Oh, oh gosh. I had anxiety every single day the entire time. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Um, I was more worried, not about him, but of like, you know, forces outside of his control. So you know, working in the health and wellness space and seeing him try to filter water from bogged out roads and these like gross (laughs) pools. I, you know, I had this thought of like, oh gosh, you know, I'm half a country away or entire country away. What happens if he gets, I mean, there's so many scary things that can happen. So a lot of it was just faith. And I'm grateful that we were able to stay as in touch as we were, you know, I was able to kind of like track him on the map on his phone and See at least that he was making progress. Um, but yeah, I was I was definitely nervous, and it's like anxiety, but also knowing that he was going to finish. I mean, I told him when I dropped him off, I fully expect you to finish this, barring broken bones. You know, I think it would have had to be something that catastrophic for him to to choose to come off the trail, just because that's who he is. Yeah, yeah. So Rob, so once you emerge from the swamp, you're making your way north how are you feeling and and are you actually starting to enjoy the trail? Do you get to run across any other through hikers or trail angels? How's the trail going for you? uh, Um, So I stopped at the Indian reservation RV park uh, and stayed the night in one of their bungalows or huts or whatever the houses. Um, And kind of had to reevaluate my food situation because I, I, packed 20 pounds of couscous like like a special person um and then i just sat there and kind of went through my gear uh you know kind of went at it strategically and was like all right i gotta get rid of weight because this is just not gonna work for me i'm not gonna make it if i'm you know i mean one day in the swamps i did six miles so i mean that wasn't very that was a tough day so (laughs) i was like all right so i i Figured I sat there and kind of revamped it. I, w- I went to the, um, oh, what is it? The little diner and talked to this guy, uh, Philly Hikes. Uh, and we kind of just sat there and talked about nutrition and stuff like that. He's a triple crowner and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. So he just kept giving me, I just kept asking him questions and was like apologizing for, 
you know, taking all of his time. And, and I met him, actually, I met him the day before and then that day. So I talked to him twice and kind of got an idea of, okay, this is what I need nutrition-wise to be able to move faster and more efficiently and with less weight. And then just happens that this YouTuber that I follow happened to release a video like, you know, Karma and all that or, or Cosmic Giggle, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and that posted like the day that I needed this information. So with all that being said, I kind of like licked my wounds, uh, took care of my blisters, all of that stuff. And then the next day when I went and, and just threw away all my food and bought all new food and, and I was kind of, you know, out of the swamp, had a new focus. Um, Kelly, the lovely person she is, sat there, we're on the phone and she's like, you know what, if you keep up this pace, you're going to finish in three months. And I was like, <laughs> all, all right, well, thanks for, uh, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for the support there. That was pretty good. I enjoyed that. So that kind of, you know, um, I don't want to, we'll just say stuck in my craw a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. all right, well here, it's time to go. And then after that, I just kind of, I just went after it. And after that, I was probably went from like 10 mile days to like 20 mile days and just kind of started cruising. It and, yeah. So, yeah. and then I didn't really meet, I mean, I met a, a, a few people. I don't remember their names. A couple of them I, um, I wasn't too into, they seem more into gossip and and crap like that. And, you know, I wasn't really, you know, like I didn't know all the people they knew. And they were like these, I don't know, it was just weird. So I yeah. kind of stayed, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I tell this to, to Kelly, I was like, so you, you think that, you know, the like the hiking community is like this great community and all that. Well, just like any community, you always have your bad apples or, you know, people that are looking for glory or looking to talk crap about, you know, what gear you have, how much it weighs, what food you're using, this, that, and the other. And, and you know, it's that whole, you know, hike your own hike, but still people seem to want to chime in on what you're doing and how you're doing it. And you're like, what does it matter? I'm just, let me do my thing. You do your thing and we'll go from that. And the vast majority though, the people we've connected with in the space have been wonderful. No, true. Yeah. Yeah. I just happened to get lucky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, there has definitely been, you know, some of that, uh, that hiker. Yeah. Like you said, the gossipy trail crowd that can be on like the Appalachian trail or PCT. Some of that is coming into the Florida trail, just because the Florida trail is finally getting some of the notoriety that, you know, I don't, I personally think it deserves. And um, so people are starting to come hike on the trail. So yeah, that I, I, I know what you're talking about. And yeah, I can kind of see that there was actually, I think last year or the year before, like starting to be little hiker bubbles. And you're like, it, it's kind of weird because I, you know, I went from a year hiking when there's like 10 people on the trail and now there's like 50 maybe. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, I was don't... right in the middle of a bubble and uh, these people caught me from like the, the, people behind me and like I said yeah like you said it was like this hiker click and it was it was weird I I I didn't really like it I I was you know it was I don't know it was it was it was weird so to talk about that these people were like hey you should come to the the billy goat days and uh, I was like close but I would have probably had to wait like three or four like probably three days because I was right there at the time they were having it 
But I was like sitting there and, and with their company, I was like, ah, I wasn't super into them. And then I was like, I didn't really want to wait for a couple of days. You know, once you start getting moving, you know this, you yeah, just, yeah. you don't really want to chill out. So, and also talking to them, I was kind of like, well, you know, I wasn't really in the mood to have, I just, I wasn't feeling it. So you I kind of, you weren't social. <laughs> And I haven't, you know, Florida Trail is my first one. I was kind of looking for the solitude and the first, like, you know, don't get me wrong. I met, uh, like, an older guy in the swamp who gave me some advice. And I kind of, like, watched what he was doing and, and took some things from that. And then the, the Philly Heights guy, I, I sat there and he was great. So it's not like I met nothing but bad people. It was just at the time, you know, when you have, what, like, say, four or five interactions and, three of them are, are not as great as some of the others. You kind of sit there and be like, oh, I don't know. Hopefully you guys aren't all like that. And do I want to risk missing out on three days of moving, you know, and then either trying to find someone to bring me back or what have you, it would just seem like more of a hassle than anything. So I just figured I'd just keep going and all that. Yeah. 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 That's definitely going to be a culture shock, especially, I mean, y'all are, you know, older hikers and, you know, you know, we were when we hiked the Appalachian Trail, we were 30, and so in the Florida Trail, we were 31, um, or in that same range, and that was still older than most of the other hikers. And then, you know, now we're obviously even older, and so it is definitely culture shock when you've kind of lived in your life one way, and then you kind of come to the trail, and there's a different crowd in that aspect. So I can get why you it, it was a little bit different for you. So, and it's weird you you come to the Florida Trail, you don't expect that. So. Yeah. And also, I mean, honestly, I, so I didn't meet many young people. The most people that I had experiences with other than maybe one or two were all people in their fifties and sixties. I hiked with a guy, uh, for like 10 days and he was like six years old. And, and I mean, he could hike me. I mean, he was 10 times faster than I was. I had to actually really put it into full gear to even keep up with him. And then a lot of the people I met were older, were older hikers. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, I didn't really meet that many people. I'd say I probably met no, no more than 10 people that were actually hikers, probably like maybe five or six. Um, and then because I just happened to be in front of that bubble and then I kind of, after, so after the swamps and then once I hit, you know, all the road and 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 concrete walking, I just kind of got irritated and was like and then once it, you know, get you get that first cold snap and then all the mosquitoes kind of die off a bit. I then I really put it into full gear and was starting to try to put in like 20, 30 mile days uh, as much as I could. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you've gotten, like you said, you get everything into gear, you're going on the trail. Do you have any, like, uh, favorite places and you traversed anything that really sticks out in your mind? Like, I don't know how much time you spent in Florida before you did the Florida Trail, so I don't know what you really knew of the terrain or, or, or the habitats, but did was it did it live up to expectations? Did it, you know, exceed it? Or, like, were you impressed or to, like, ugh, this is Florida, ugh. <laughs> um, so I've mixed, I have a lot of emotions. So when the Florida trail is an actual trail, right? Mm -hmm. It's awesome, mm -hmm. right? You, mm -hmm. you, uh, you hit Ocala, you hit, um, the Suwannee river, all that section. Um, even the section 
where the, the the hurricane hit real bad, and I don't know remember the name of it, but they ended up rebuilding it and all that, even though that was a, a hard section just because of how much debris was there. It was still a trail. It was a cool section, like all of those sections. So any part that was pretty much a trail, I loved. Yeah. It was just so much of like the beginning, like the swamp was, I mean, the swamp sucked, but at least there was nature. something there, nature. But then like <laughs> yeah. for the next hundred miles, it's like, you know, farms and, and cities and dikes and all that. And then you get out into, you know, the woods and then you're like, oh, okay, I like, this is getting better. And then it's like, okay, now we're doing row walks again. Now it's like, so it was, it was a lot of a lot of things. I can't actually pick out one spot that I would say that I liked more than any. Um, it was just like how much just the road walks and concrete walking just, just drove me nuts. So yeah. after that, it was like any section that was like any section that was um, a natural trail. Uh, I enjoyed just so much compared to the other. So it was like, soak it up while you can, because the next section is going to be crap. So you have like your two swamp sections, mm-hmm. um, you know, the beginning. And then I can't remember the name of the, the second section. The second section is like, uh, Bay. yeah, I mean, that is way more intense and over just so much longer of distance. Now that part I got, a little irritated with because it just, the trail was not as well kept. So like, I would say those were the sections I kind of remembered a bit more um, than others, but I understand, you know, after you sit there and you kind of step back, you realize, you know, just the daunting task that the Florida trail association volunteers have trying to clear these sections and, and do all that with the amount of income they have or, and all that. So, you know, when you're doing it and you're sitting there in the suck, you're like, what in the hell is going on yeah. here? This is driving me nuts. But then after you sit back for a minute, you're like, I mean, this is a tall task. This is not a super well-known trail. Not as many. I mean, it's getting more publicity and a lot more people are doing it for the guys I talked to said, everybody the years that they do the Appalachian Trail was talking about. So it's getting a lot more notoriety and all that. Um, The hard part is, it's just, just, the roadwalks are just so devastating. Um, And I don't know if I would say physically, it's just like mentally, it's just so hard because you're like walking on the side of the road in a rainstorm and like people are not even trying to like move over to like give you any space and they're just like splashing you with water and you're just like, I got 30 more miles of this before I get a break. <laughs> you're like, this is insane. You know what I mean? So, um, you know. Yeah. No, I completely relate. And people, and oh, we just had a couple, you know, near misses where people would pass, you know, someone coming our direction and you're just like, do you not see me walking here? Why are you passing? <laughs> right. I had a guy on the freeway. So I was like, it was like the first like really long, it was like a 30 mile roadwalk where you're like on the freeway. Right. So I get on the freeway. I'm like hauling ass. Right. Cause I'm like, I got to get to this section. I got to get off this freeway as fast as possible because this is not a good situation. I'm like looking down because the problem that people don't realize with the road walks, it's not like you're walking on the road all the time. If you walk on the road, you're literally a foot away from a car. So you have to walk on the shoulder 
Yeah. Well, the shoulder is that crap-ass, I don't even know what the grass is called. It's called hell grass. We'll call it that. <laughs> it's like this crap-ass grass that's so hard to walk in. It's on a slope. So you're like, it's not, your footing's not the greatest. It's, you just, it just sucks. And I'm like looking down, trying to make sure I, you know, I don't fall or anything like that because I'm pushing it. And a SUV, I'd say 30 yards in front of me, runs off the freeway on a turn with no other vehicle involved. Runs off and just just freaking goes off into the ditch, and everyone's like, "Where the hell are we?" I'm I'm like walk right up, tell them where we are because I have my map pulled up, oh my and God. I just sat there and was like, "Holy crap!" So now I'm like, it's now getting dark, so I have my headlamp on full, you know, full bore, and every time a car passes me, I like look right at them so they can see. Like I'm trying to blind them. Yeah. So they can see me to know that I'm here because I'm not wearing like, you know, you don't, I'm not bringing a ton of reflective gear out there. Mm-hmm. That section was, yeah, you just, dicey. It, yeah, it was a bit dicey. That was yeah. a, a, a not so fun experience. Yeah. No, I hear you. And, you know, I, I think the Florida Trail Association knows, and I don't know, I wish, I wish I could pick their brains and actually find out what their long-term plans are for, some of these roadwalks, because, you know, not all of the roadwalks are, I mean, roadwalking isn't that fun, but some of them aren't horrible. Some of them are on country roads, but the ones that are bad really, really, really need to be fixed. And I, I wish I could be like, come on, get an easement. I mean, do something like move it 30 feet into the fence over here. Like, what can we do to bribe these landowners to let us, you know, travel across it? And um, I think, yeah, roadwalks. That's definitely one of the sticking points that I wish, you know, I mean, everybody I don't wants to like, like the country roads. It's when you're like, what I don't like is when you're on a road where the speed limits over 40, 50 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. And that's where you, and it's just the footing on the side of the road. It just makes it really hard to traverse. Yeah. And then you're sitting there and you're now like, there was a section where, um, Oh, you just pass over the Okeechobee River and there's this roadwalk and there just happened to be a farmer who was driving his tractor. I was so freaking happy because he caused a huge, not traffic jam, but just like a, a stoppage. So everyone had to go slow. So I was walking on the side of the road, just hauling ass as fast as I could because I was like, <laughs> I got to take advantage of this as much as I can. I got to move as fast as I can so that at least I can get off. I mean, a country road I'll take all day. It's when you get onto those, you know, those freeways and interstates where it's just like, you know, it just gets real dicey and you just never know. Well, Um, it'll be interesting to see how, as it gains in popularity, you know, they're going to have to do something with it, I would imagine, so that it's safe. Yeah, one time, I can't remember where this was specifically, but so there's um, a section to where they had like, let's just say a four-mile roadwalk. Well, they had to pull it off because so many people got were died or got hit or whatever. Oh, uh, so, like, they changed the route through this state park to bring you up the road a little bit farther. And I was like, when I read that, I was like, well, that's, I mean, that sucks. But I understand. Like, let's give the Florida Trail a little bit of grace. I mean, they yeah. have what they have to work with. I mean, it's not yeah. very easy to oh, yeah. Yeah. traverse yeah. the state of Florida with whoever's involved and all the people. If they don't want you to come on their land, yeah. it's either walk on the road or don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <sighs> well, okay. 
going from one like really crappy subject to another now did you ever have any issues with dogs because that seems to be a theme with uh, a lot of hikers right now at least in north florida a lot of loose dogs i know they had i think earlier this year i think it was this year um at least one or two people have been bitten by dogs i just i'm just kind of curious if you had any issues oh my god the so the first time i got attacked was on the res by two dogs um i mean i i was smacking this pit bull in the face with my trucking pole to get him off me. And while this other little taco dog was trying to get behind me, so I'm like fighting these, <laughs> luckily I had two trucking poles. I'm like fighting these dogs off. And I like, at one point I was like, listen, dude, if you bite, if you try to bite me again, I'm going to kill your ass and I'm not going to feel bad about it. But then I was fed with love as a dog owner of a very happy Labrador. My goodness. True. <laughs> like you're in the middle of nowhere and you're getting attacked. Yeah. It's by a dog. scary. You're, it's scary. It is. It for is. Sure. Like for instance, after me, another girl came up the road. Well, she was getting attacked by the same dog, right? Well, luckily a car came by and ended up picking her up because she was freaking out because this dog would not quit and she wasn't willing like look look i love dogs well we have a love-hate relationship currently but like i'm not (laughs) i don't really want to hurt this dog unless it comes and attacks me right i would rather yell at it but when you're yelling at it and it's not going anywhere what are you to do i have to defend myself i'm not going to sit here and allow some dog to maim me in the middle of my adventure because someone is a crappy dog owner. So I regrettably had to defend myself, but I was, I was telling the dog we had a conversation and then it backed off. (laughs) Calm down. Um, But yeah, that was, that's a common, I mean, I had that multiple times. So while I was on the trail, there was a guy who, um, he brought his dog with him and I think he completed and threw like the whole trail at one section. There was like five dogs that came on us and a couple of them were small and all that, but there was one Rottweiler that was a little bit aggressive, but I kind of just, you know, me and the guy I was hiking with, he walked in front and I just kind of walked backwards and these dogs followed me for like probably a half a mile. And I was like, who's not, who doesn't have control of their dogs to know that their dogs have walked a half a mile down the road. Yeah. So a couple of day, a day later, this guy rolls up and he's with his dog. Well, these dogs did not want to quit. So he ended up bear macing this dog because it was showing its teeth. It was trying to attack his dog. So he maced it like three or four times before it went off. Well, the owner chased him down, got out of his car and was like, I can't believe, what did you spray my dog with? He's like bear mace. And he's like, how dare you do that? He was like, well, I have the right to defend myself. And he's like, well, you attacked my dog. He's like, your dog tried to attack me. I'm on a public road I had the right to defend myself and I didn't kill your dog. I just sprayed it with bear mace so that it wouldn't attack me and my dog. And like there, that's this weird, that's this weird. Uh, it's yeah. I, yeah the dogs were, the dog was scared. Then I got chased another time and I know this is bad. I'm a monster, but I had gotten, I mean, you, you've done the Florida trail. So, you know, once you start getting into the panhandle and you're like closer to the end and you're, you know, you're like on a roadwalk for 30 miles. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, dude, I'm over it. So this is the section where the church has like the little hostel, you know? Yeah. 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 Yep. So I'm on that section. I'm walking and this dog will not quit. So we're on a two lane road. So I just keep walking across the road 
hoping that this dog, the cars will scare this dog off. I mean, cars are stopping in the middle of the road because this dog gives zero Fs and is just now chasing me down. And I'm like, well, I mean, what did I do to deserve? You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> so that's where you start getting, you know, but I have a lot of experience with that. I do a, a lot of running and I get chased. Yeah. I got chased by dogs today running yeah. around. Yeah, that does in, happen in to you a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They love chasing me. So it's like, I have to run the other way and, you just like scream at them. Interesting though that she's that. saying it's a problem with a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's becoming, it seems to be more prevalent and I'm mostly hearing about it in the panhandle in certain sections. And there was even like, like, uh, along the Suwannee, like a friendly dog that, uh, seems to just follow hikers or whoever's on the trail away. And then he gets taken into the back of his house somehow. And several people have run into the same dog a couple times. Um, but I'm just seeing an uptick in dog interactions. So I was kind of curious if, what kind of problems you had. And, um, yeah, it sounds like it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a solution other than you know, making sure you have some pepper spray or bear mace on you for yeah, those areas. I was definitely more concerned for him about the, the alligators, which turned out to not be a problem. It was the, yeah. <laughs> the dogs he had to worry more about. It's funny. Yeah, which is a shame because it's not like, I mean, it's not the dog's fault. You know what I mean? It's not, it, it's just, it's a shame because, I mean, what can you do? I mean, yeah. um, at least on the res, uh, a cop did pull up to me and ask me if I was the person that got attacked and, um, he ended up chasing, going down and I don't know whatever, what happened after that. Cause once you're, you know, you go on, you kind of, I didn't really pay yeah. attention to what was happening yeah. in that, in that beginning section. Yeah. So was there a point in the trail where you realized that you were actually going to be able to finish it? Um, <laughs> however cocky this sounds, uh, I mean, the second I started it, I, there was, there wasn't an, uh, there wasn't a possibility I wasn't going to to stop it. It was whether or how fast I wanted to finish it is what. So what happened for me is I just kind of, you know, the roadwalk started piling up and I was kind of getting irritated with that and what have you. And, you know, I kind of just sat there and was like, all right, well, I've already done so much. I'm in this good shape. Let's see how let's see how good I am. And then I started pushing like 30 mile days, started hiking into like, so I was getting up at like four or five in the morning and then hiking all the way to like eight or nine at night. And I started really pushing it towards the end. Um, and that was, that was it. I actually had a crazy idea that the last hundred miles I was going to do continuous nonstop. Oh, and, wow. uh, a crazy rainstorm kind of <laughs> delayed me on that one. Uh, that and uh, a, a, a road walk at night on a road that I didn't really th think so. So towards the end, they have a section where you have to go through. I can't remember the name of it, which is, you know, obviously par for the course where you have to go. There's like a lot of rivers. So it rained so much over the last day or two that and was so cold because it was going to get into like the 30s or something like that which it was like 80s a couple days before and now it's into the 30s and i was like what in the heck's going on so i, I was looking at the the like the water report or river report and it was like hey listen you should not go through this section so knowing that i couldn't go through that section i had to now do the road walk and it was like i don't remember it was a very it was like a 10 20 mile road walk and and at night i didn't know what the road was going to look like and how safe it was so 
at that point I was like, I had to pull off and, and I ended up getting a hotel. Cause I was like, there's just no way I could do, I could risk it at night this close to the end. Um, you know, so. Yeah. 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 No. Um, well you mentioned the hotel, but also the, the church hostel. Did you get to stay with any trail angels or was it, you mostly stayed in hotels or how did you manage that? Um, so I only stayed in hotels so I only took one zero um, because I had the blisters after. So a- after Okeechobee were just because of the, you know, so swamps, then you go road walks and the blisters were just not healing. So once I got to Okeechobee, um, I stayed there for an extra day and then went on and then not very, I maybe three times total, but I would always leave. Uh, the next day so i more or less stayed there the night because so i had to so on the air force base they were doing testing uh, Mm. so the whole base was closed and i didn't really i didn't do enough research and know enough and the lady at the on the phone didn't maybe i wasn't (laughs) this is my wife speaking i wasn't (laughs) Uh, receptive enough to understand what she was telling me but the information I was getting wasn't good enough and I didn't have I just didn't have enough information to risk going on the the base so I decided to do the road walk um around it and stayed in a hotel because it was there or stealth camping in some random spot so I ended up staying there um which was great because that hotel was awesome right outside of the Air Force Base. And then just, you know, kept going. But the last hotel was only because I kind of underestimated. Well, I didn't realize what the weather was going to be. And it was like last minute. I asked by this hotel and was like, all right, there's no way I can continue this. uh, So I got to I got to pull up. Right, right, right. So Kelly, were you able to be be there when he finished the trail at Fort Pickens, or were you by yourself? So he finished the trail, and then I flew down. I had left. Um, well, we had left the RV, like I mentioned, in Michigan, and I was staying back again with my friends in Maryland. So I flew from there to to Florida, and then rented a car, picked him up uh, the next day. So you had you had about a whole day to yourself, I think, in the hotel to yeah, kind of I had a whole. I had a whole day, but we, I didn't really know. So we had kind of like run out a schedule of when it was going to end. And I, you finished earlier. I finished a lot earlier because I, I started pushing it a lot harder uh, towards the end. So I was doing like 20 miles a day for a good majority of it. And then towards the end, I started throwing in uh, 30 mile hour, 30 mile day. So I finished probably 10 days earlier than I would have. Uh, from what we had planned. So she kind of actually had other plans and then had to pull them off so that she'd come pick me up. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 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 So uh, were you gr- glad it was done when you finished? Were you, what were your feelings uh, at Fort Pickens? Um, well, it was pretty like anticlimactic. I like walked yeah. right by the end, didn't like looked at it and was like, Okay, maybe that's it. And like right after the bridge, it's there. And then I just kept walking and was like looking around, like what? Where's this end at? Where's this <laughs> monument to my great achievement? <laughs> and uh, it was nowhere to be seen. So I sat there and like kind of like dropped off some, you know, some trash and all that, and like turned around, walked back to the bridge, and was like, you know, holy crap! Um, 
there it is. And the only reason why I finished faster is because I've met this old timer who was just, I mean, he, he was freaking moving. And I, for whatever reason, cause I'm special was like, I'm going to finish before this guy. Cause he was bragging about how fast he was. <laughs> uh, so, and we actually met each other at the end. So I, I ended up, um, I ended up pushing it through the night on the last bit and was like, well, I can't go no more. There's nowhere to camp. It was like 10 more miles. So I kind of like, uh, hit off on the beach like off into the middle of nowhere and kind of camped and got up before dark you know self-camped and then headed mm-hmm. out and so he stayed at a hotel and um i'm like special like that so i i kind of <laughs> like push it sometimes when i see so i've done that a couple times i was like hiking in uh the grand canyon and this guy was behind me and i had hiked down like three miles in like an hour and a half and you know i was like all right and i turned around and came back this guy was behind me and i was like I'm not gonna let this guy beat me up. <laughs> so I like hiked the the next three miles going up uh, in an hour and a half. Ended up getting elevation sickness. Felt like yeah. crap the rest of the day because you know I'm a special guy. So <laughs> there's a couple times where I've done things where I'm like I gotta beat this guy in this cold competition to where you know. Yeah, did he it, did yeah. call me though and told me he's like, well, I finished and and there was no one waiting for me at the finish line <laughs> with pizza and beer, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, at least at least there's a monument there now. When we finished in 2011, there was just like a like a kiosk sign with a map, and you're just like, "All right, I guess this yeah. is it." Yeah. <laughs> well, and the cool thing was because I am not from the South, um, Mardi Gras. So they were having a Mardi Gras parade while I was walking through. So I'm walking through, and I'm like, "What in the hell is going on?" <laughs> like everybody's walking around. I'm like walking and I'm like, what are all these people doing? And then I see like these floats and people have chairs and like people are partying. There's everybody everywhere. I'm like, what in God's name this is This is all going pre-COVID, on? by the way. Pre-COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm like, what is this? And I thought, you know, being from Michigan originally, I, you know, Mardi Gras, I always thought was uh, from New Orleans. I didn't know it was a whole South thing in that Mobile and, and Pensacola and all that, the whole South celebrated. So that was kind of a, a cool little situation um, to go through as I was finishing. I got to, you your know. Own, your own welcoming parade. That was it. <laughs> she set it up for me. It was crazy. They disguised it under the, the. Under Mardi Gras. Yeah, under Mardi Gras. I mean, it was cool. Thanks, babe. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah, you brought up COVID. Yeah, you guys finished like right at the things were about to start switching over and you know i watched several people finish their hikes like as things were really starting to shut down so it was like early to mid-march and uh it was just kind of interesting to see how quickly all of that just devolved um so i mean yeah you so you got the trail like the end of february and you guys i think i think you guys ended up going to new orleans right we actually went to Mobile um, oh, okay, okay. because, yeah, we wanted we wanted Mardi Gras, but we didn't want a Mardi Gras, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we had heard that that Alabama was a pretty good place to celebrate it, a little more PG, a little more um, family friendly. So we, yeah, we did a little tour on heading back towards uh, reconnecting with our truck, which was with my friends in, in Maryland. So we did a little tour through Mobile and then up through um, North Carolina and then met oh, up with them. Yeah, so it was nice to to kind of have a few days. I think, you know, reentry for him particularly was fast and hard. Because yeah. <laughs> you go from not seeing anyone to now it's Mardi Gras. Like it's a it's a lot. Yeah. But then yeah, then then the whole 
world shifted. Yeah, we made it. We made it all the way up to Michigan to my dad's property. Got reconnected with the RV. I ended up getting a job, and then while I was on that job, I mean, yeah, I don't think you worked like a week and a half, maybe. Maybe everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was I was working at a GM uh, or Chevrolet facility, and it shut down. Like they were like, yeah, you know, everything shut down. Wow. So we were like, what? And it, yeah, and I was on the trail, and my buddy was telling me he called me up. And I will say that, that if you want service on the floor trail, I was amazed at the cell service that I had on. I mean, there were nights where I was parked underneath uh, a cell tower and I was watching YouTube videos. Uh, <laughs> it was unreal, the, the cell service that I had on the floor trail. So my buddy, I'm in the middle of the Okeechobee walking around. He calls me up, tells me about this China virus and millions of people and all this crazy stuff. So I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. And, uh, you know, I'm just walking to the woods. I'm not even, I mean, I'm a little bit over halfway at that point. And then, you know, month later, it's like I didn't even realize it was a thing because I don't, you know, I wasn't following the news. And even yeah. a guy that I hiked with was super into the news and he was following the whole, um, you know, the the caucus and all that with the election. And it, it wasn't even really brought up. No one was really talking about it. And then it just like came out of nowhere. So, like, basically, I went through like a vortex of like the world was fine <laughs> and then came out and it was like, oh, no, it is not fine. And I was like, yeah. What did y'all do to the world while I was gone? Yeah. I have read accounts of people who were on the Appalachian Trail when 9-11 happened, and they emerged out, and they were like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? And I, crazy. I mean, like, that's the, I even told Kelly this year that I was thinking about doing the Florida Trail in reverse so that I, because I figured it was me, I could reverse <laughs> What happened with the world? Oh, yeah, that would be it. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine, especially because back when 9-11 happened, there, you know, now we all have, like, 24-7 news cycle in our pockets, but that was not the case back then. Yeah, yeah, you were truly, you know, immersed in yourself in the woods, and whatever you got out, whatever you saw when you got out was what (laughs) you found out about, so. Yeah, that would be a lot, for sure. That would be really really I mean, it wasn't, don't get me wrong, it wasn't easy coming from... No, of course. <clears throat> you know, I, you always hear about like hyper depression and, and, and all that. And, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to come from the trail and I was going to go right back to work and, you know, I'd be good and all that. And then it was like, okay, so we had our little vacation, had a good time together, went to Mardi Gras, hung out with our friends, kind of got reacclimated to the world. And then I went back to work and was working and then it was like everything shut down and then, you know, we went, we have property in Northern Michigan, our family does. So we went up there, parked our RV. We were up there for like a month, month and a half, pretty much all by ourselves, not knowing what the heck was going on and all this. So it was, it was a, it was a weird transition coming from, you know, being on trail and then coming off of it, trying to transition into the world being normal and then it going into this weird, you know yeah. COVID vortex which it was yeah. just uh, it was weird yeah we've actually talked a lot about some of the parallels with him coming back from deployment and coming off of the trail in a weird way because because of COVID you know it's kind of there's been some mirrors I think for him in in terms of re-entry which has been just kind of interesting to observe over the last year or so yeah I've never thought about that as being a similarity but that is that's absolutely right I mean you live one life and you have to go back to another life that you live. And I can imagine, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so a couple of things here. Would you do the Florida Trail again? You said you do it in reverse, but I don't know if you're really serious about that. But would you do any other trails or any other shorter, long-distance trail that's on, on your mind? Okay, so we'll start with the Florida Trail. Now, now the Florida Trail, time-wise, like you said, is a perfect time because my um, my off-season for work, it's just not as plentiful during January and February that is the rest of the year. Would I do it again when I got off the trail? In my notes, never again. Uh, <laughs> I use some different terminology, uh, some more colorful language. Uh, colorful yeah. language. And, and also, since I've been off the trail, uh, I would say that, yes, I would do it again. But it would be for different reasons. It wouldn't be for the like the love of the trail. It would be more or less... I was even talking to this to Kelly today, just getting ready for this, you know, for because she read me read me this question, and I sat there and was like thinking about it. And I was like, if I did it again, it would be more or less to handle the 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 parts of the trail that were not nearly as enjoyable, and figuring out a way to handle those better. Because yeah. going for your first trail, the solitude didn't bother me. I enjoyed it. That was that's something I, I you know I enjoy that. So it was just how I handled just the road walks. At first, you know, it's not a big deal, but you know, you start getting blisters and you start. It's like you know, you do a you know a hundred miles in you know over a week of road walking. You just it just starts getting tiresome. It's just my mental approach to that. Um, I'd like to get better at. Yeah. Uh, talking about other trails, I was supposed to be starting the Arizona Trail soon coming up this next week mm. but we ended up pulling the pin on that because to commit to something you know i mean i, I mean i would imagine everybody would agree who's done a, a through hike of any length would say that that is an epic adventure and i didn't really want i don't know i didn't know you know after the elections not to get political it doesn't really matter what side but i didn't know what was going to happen so we kind of had it in our mind you know, hey, maybe I was going to do this. and then, But we didn't know with a new president and COVID how he was going to react and all that. Plus, what you know, restrictions are in different what places. restrictions. So the Arizona Trail was a go. And then I just kind of was like, you know, I don't know how it's going to be. And I don't know how if they're going to be as receptive, if hotel rooms are going to be open, if in those small towns, I'm going to be able to get resupplies, just yeah. like. The, the through hiking experience, I feel like, may, even if you didn't like the Florida Trail, at least it was convenient. Like, the, there were only, there's only a few times where you had to go a long distance off trail to get food and all that. I didn't send any boxes. Mm -hmm. uh, well, one, I had someone send me a box so I could get resupplied uh, my shoes. But other than that, I mean, you, I pretty much planned it as in I was going to walk up to a place, get whatever food I could, and then go from there, um, which was really hard at the Cowboy Ranch. That was yeah, <laughs> was difficult. Luckily, I got there before the horde showed up, and I ended up getting a lot of the, the good stuff. But, um, you know, I didn't really want – to spend the time, the money, the effort on going and doing that trail if it wasn't going to live up to what the trail should be. Um, so now we have it planned to maybe doing, so July, starting the PNT, so the Pacific oh, Northwest nice. Trail. But I'm not 100% certain on that either because, you know, I have to feel, 
I kind of have to see how. So the the Arizona Trail is going to start up soon. People are starting the Appalachian Trail. I mean, even the Appalachian Trail Society was like, we're not going to recognize your 2021 hike because they don't want people doing it. Which yeah. Is, which is weird because you're like, I did it. It doesn't matter if you recognize it. I still, if you do it, you do it. Um, and at the end of the day, you know you did it. Uh, I don't need a trophy or a plaque or, or a sticker or whatever to tell me I did it. Um, so that with that kind of mindset or energy, let's just use the Appalachian Trails terminology of we're not going to recognize it. I was like, that's sending a clear message that they don't want you on the trail and I don't know if I want to commit that energy to the, tr- I, I just don't know if I want that kind yeah, of experience. Yeah. I'd rather have it as the experience we all know. And well, yes, you did the Florida trail years before I did, but I would imagine that our experiences were quite parallel in that. I think yeah. that if you put major COVID restrictions on the trail, I mean, people would sit there and have a whole different conversation about how it transpired um yeah well especially with like the Appalachian Trail you have so many more people who are doing it but you even mentioned some others like the Ice Age Trail and the Colorado Trail I mean there's I mean I was even looking at so if I didn't get the any of the trails done this year so if I took this year as a scratch um you know next year doing the CDT yeah um you know but as long as you know it was I, I still want to be food and all of that I don't want them to change the trail to where I now have to, like, let's just say, for instance, they shut down Okeechobee. You can't get a cab. You can't get a ride. No one's going to pick you up, right? So now you got to walk five miles into town to go get a resupply. So that's an extra five miles. Plus now you got that's extra 10 miles you're adding on to your trip. You know, that's I think not, it's just that there's a lot of unknowns right now. Yeah, it would be better. It's just, it's going to be more enjoyable when it's the trail as the trail instead of, you know, I understand where you're coming from, and yeah. you know, it's 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 one thing to experience it as the trail is like how everybody else has experienced it versus, um, you know, experiencing it in in, in a time of uncertainty for sure. It would be a completely different experience. And I mean, as you mentioned that you know the, the ATC and is you know deeply encouraging people not to hike the trail. Um, but it's been interesting to see that versus like the PCT is like okay, we're issuing permits and. Um, so seeing that it's just kind of interesting to see who's doing what. And I, I see where the Appalachian Trail is coming from. They don't want, you know, 35 people at the shelters every day, you know, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. Arizona Trail sounds like fun, but I can, I can also understand, uh, where you're coming from and, uh, wanting to actually be able to enjoy the trail as the trail is meant to be enjoyed. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, it's like, this is an epic, you know, this is a, I mean, a life altering, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, I would guess it doesn't matter how many trails you've done. Each one of them is, you know, a great experience. I mean, I would not, there were sections of the floor trail that I obviously did not like that everyone doesn't like. Everyone talks about the same stuff. Every yeah, person yeah. came along, even the guy, even the guys that are triple crowners that I met and I talked to, and I was like, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just the guy. And I meet a guy. And the first thing he says, like these damn road walks. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So he gets it too. It's like, you know, we all have, you, you know, it as a Florida trail hiker, if you through hiked, or even if you section, like you get it, like the, the road walks suck. We understand what they have to do. That's what it is. They're trying to change it. I get that. You know, what sucks is what sucks. So, um, but now changing that and adding a bit more difficulty, it's like, I mean, 
golly, how, mu- how much more difficult do you want this? I mean, I get trying to make it difficult, but when you start interfering with how you get resupplies, I think that's where it's like, okay, now you're made. I can't, I'm not carrying 10 days worth of food. Like that's going to be. Yeah. Well, uh, mail is moving slower now. Yeah. So yeah, and, that's like you true. Said, if, if you're not getting your, if you have a well-timed, uh, supply drop, right? So a lot of people on the Arizona trail front, I've seen most of them are all doing mail the whole way through. There's not as many as I have seen from my research that are doing buy as you go. Well, if any of those packages are delayed or whatever, now you're sitting there waiting for however long mm-hmm. until that's done, which, you know, that's not really what I'm looking for. Um, so hopefully we'll have some information from the people that are brave enough to, to <laughs> take it <laughs> to on this year. And, and I think that um, that'll help everybody out and, and, you know, it'll make it stronger and better for uh, everybody to do it from the, every year coming on soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe no long distance trail this year, but what about, what does you guys have planned? Are you guys going to head out, head out of Texas soon or where are you heading next? Um, I don't know. I don't Wherever know. the wind blows. So we were planning on, um, so we were planning on working here. Uh, the snowpocalypse happened and yeah. shut down Texas. So nothing was going. Um, so I don't know. I'm not really, I don't know. I don't think we're going to stay here uh, because of just time frames. And maybe we'll head out to, we're thinking about Utah. We don't know yet. How about that? We don't really okay. have a definitive okay. answer. So we have hard, no idea and no yeah. plans because it's hard well, to make any plans this year. True. Well, the hard part about, so with my work, it's more or less, so we have a bunch of job boards. They'll, so we I have I pull up a bunch of different states. They have a bunch of job boards. And I kind of figured out, you, it's hard to plan for what they need because they can't really commit to it. So if I call, let's just say Salt Lake City. The guy on dispatch who's going to he's going to sit there and say, I think these guys might let's say Facebook. Facebook's going to have a job. I think later on this month they're going to have calls and you'll be like, OK, well, they might not. It, their business plan might change. They might hit different deadlines. So you're kind of like a you know, you have a couple days to react. Um, so if we wanted to go somewhere, it'll be more or less a. Okay, they got calls in Atlanta. We're headed to Atlanta, and we'll okay. pack up tonight, and we'll head out in the morning, and that'll be that. Okay. And, and then so when and it comes to uh, through hiking, definitely we'll be doing more of that. Um, now, maybe not this year. If yeah, I told this to Kelly. I said, look, uh, I'll do a through hike this year, next year. But if we can, che- if we can go to Europe over me doing a through hike, I'll go to Europe any any day of the week over that not that i don't want to through hike but if i had to choose one or the other um you know going to europe because we had such a great time in europe you know we'd love to go do that but also i don't want to experience you know europe uh under covid restrictions yeah, you know, yeah. being you in austin can't right now even if you want we to yeah. Yeah. If we wanted to but even like like austin and or new orleans or any of the cities that we've rolled up on in the last month it's just different you're just not getting the same vibe for these cities uh, especially with people who travel full time you know we're used to a certain vibe and being able to find the pulse of the city and, and all that it just it's just not the same. It's harder to find because it seems like it's covered up. And, and, well, and it, yeah. it also makes it a little harder to connect with community, um, yeah. which is something we, re- we rely on pretty heavily, being that we're, we're pretty isolated. So who knows what this year will bring? 
Well, it's definitely been a, a different kind of adventure for you guys, for sure. And, uh, I mean, right now it seems hard, but I think in a few years you'll probably look back and think, wow, <laughs> we did all this stuff even amidst all of these, you know, tribulations that we've had to go through. And, um, you know, at least hopefully we can all look back on that a little bit, uh, you know, some of us and... <sighs> Be thankful for what we went through. <laughs> yeah, you know, and we're always talking about it. We're always sitting there thinking, like, is this still sustainable for us? Do we still love it? We kind of do, like, quarterly check-ins because, you know, you don't get into this life on accident. Um, at least I haven't met anybody who, who has. Um, and, you know, it's important for us that it that it still makes sense. And so far it does, and we really, really enjoy it. But we're also open to the fact that, like, there could come a time one day when it doesn't make sense, and that's going to be okay, too. So we're trying to just enjoy the ebbs and flows like everybody, really. Well, that and also, I mean, 2020 not only brought complications to everybody when it comes to, you know, through hiking and we call it sticks and bricks. So if you have a regular, you know, American home and lifestyle, but as an RVer, well, everybody bought RVs. So yeah. everybody got their checks and everybody was sitting at home. And they didn't want to go to hotel. So I mean, the RV industry boomed during 2020. The problem is, is now for people who are full-time RVers, it makes it real hard. Every RV or every state park in Texas is booked out six months in advance. Yeah. We could not stay. So we couldn't stay for Monday for, through Thursday. We're good. But they're like, you got to go find somewhere to stay for the weekend. And we're like, yeah. well, I can't, I'm not kidding. Where am I going to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go sit in a Walmart parking lot for three days and then come keep coming back. So that's something that's um kind of a, that's interesting that's it's changing a little yeah. bit and you got to kind of figure out uh what to do now and it's hard for us because on the one hand that's frustrating but on the other hand it makes us excited that other people are getting into their rvs and they're getting out there so it's just interesting to kind of watch it all unfold yeah yeah well i don't want to keep you guys too much longer so i mean if you have any final thoughts about you know rv life and the hiking and um i know Kelly, you also have a podcast. If you want to talk about that a little bit and yeah. Plug it, Kelly. Plug, <laughs> yeah. Uh, plug your podcast. I definitely can plug the podcast, but first, yeah, I mean, I think the only other thought I have on, on just our being or through hiking or whatever it is, is, you know, I think it's very easy for us to get caught up in the logistics when you're planning something that's that's out of the norm for your lifestyle, you know, whether that be a backpacking trip or changing careers or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm asked about this a lot, uh, just from my social media audience of like, gosh, how did you do it? And it sounds terrible, but like my, my best piece of advice is just to rip the bandaid off. I mean, there isn't really like a, there isn't a slow entry model. Um, I mean, that's the same thing with through hiking. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. With any kind of these major things that you, that you cook up that you want to do. And I think if 2020 slash 2021, because it all kind of feels like a blur right now, mm -hmm. if, if this time is teaching us anything, it's that, you know, things can change on a dime. And um, yeah, so if you're, if you're listening and you have an interest in through hiking or RVing, um, feel free to reach out because we love talking to people about it. And, and if it's something that speaks to you, you know, we, we wouldn't go back and change it. We're so grateful that we got into this lifestyle and it's, it's really transformed not only our life together as a couple and our marriage, but also both of us individually, we've both grown. And, uh, I mean, even bearing witness to Rob's solo journey, being able to support him energetically, he's a different person in, in a lot of ways than he was, you know, pre Florida trail. And, um, he kind of went on his own little, little growth journey. So that's just my, 
Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> That's just um, kind of my take on, you know, this like these non-traditional things. Because, I mean, even through hiking for a lot of people, it's, it's really hard for them to wrap their head around. But if you if you have the spark, you know, if it's something you want to do, go for it and rely on crazy people like us <laughs> to help yeah. you get through it, I guess. Um, but yes, and I do have a podcast. I just started up. It's called The Wholesome Nomad Show. You can find me on social media at The Wholesome Nomad. I also have a website. And um, so far, it's still in its infancy. It's something I'm just kind of leaning into, but I'm really enjoying creating content in that space. We talk a lot about holistic healthcare and self-care. That's kind of my my jam. I'm a, a chronic illness um, warrior and have, have healed myself of uh, several things in the past 10 years. And I'm just really enjoying connecting with people digitally. And the podcast has kind of been able to expand into that. So yeah, that's been a fun new project to work on for sure. All right. All right. Well, Rob, do you have any final thoughts about the Florida Trail or Ooh. encouragement or, or words of advice for anybody? Uh, I would say if you do the Florida Trail, show up in shape. Uh, it's better <laughs> to be in shape than not. And uh, you know what? Uh, look, the Florida Trail sucks. I mean, it does. There. I mean, I feel like while I was, I remember distinctly hiking and being like, this is an 1100 mile uh hike and five or six hundred of it feels like it's roadwalk i'm like i was i remember sitting there talking to i don't know if i was talking to my mom or kelly i was like what person that would be like me walking around my neighborhood and saying i through hiked las vegas because i'm walking <laughs> around on the concrete no one would ever say that so with that being said uh it is a difficult trail and also i mean any trail you just you just learn so much about yourself and adversity and you know the florida trail is no different uh it has a it's a lot more difficult i would say in that regard from what i understand from other people um there's a lot of of, of things you got to deal with there's a lot of beauty of it too i mean like i said in the beginning i mean i was the reason why i chose the florida trail is because i was uncomfortable with all the things that Florida encompasses. I, I didn't really know much about Florida. I didn't know about swamps, all this stuff. And through 1,100 miles of it, I have now grown much more comfortable. When I see a swamp, I'm not like, how many alligators are in there? I'm like, well, let's, <laughs> let's go into it. Or, you know, sometimes during the trail, I'm like, why would the trail route me through the swamp when there's a perfectly good dirt road right three feet away from where I'm walking? Um, so it's yeah. it's... I know it's a good trail. Ah, that's hard to say. I, yeah. was it, I was like, I hate this. But You know, you definitely had a, like a baptism by fire on a through hike for sure. It was definitely uh, for a first through hike, uh, your impressions and, 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 you know, having a different background. Just uh, I can imagine having a lot of mixed feelings about it. Yeah, it was. I had a lot of And also I under like now that I'm, you know, 30,000 foot level, I can tell. I understand what the the association's going through and what they have to do to, to make it. The fact that they even have, you know, a trail, um, you know, the sections that our trail are, are amazing and beautiful and all that. And, I mean, considering how much I've conveyed it sucked and how I just went for, like, let's just put in miles and just suck it up for 50-something yeah. days. Um, I'm still going to do through hikes. I mean, before – we knew what was going to happen with COVID. I was planning on doing the Arizona trail and the PNT in the same year. Um, so, you know, it's just, yeah. just 
I've got the bug for sure, and I'll, I'll do a lot more. It, you know, that's not that's just the beginning for me. I also yeah. think it depends on the day because I distinctly remember asking this conversation a couple months ago, and you were like, "I'm itching. I want to go back. I'll do the floor show in a hot second. Well, so. yeah. <laughs> now, with that being said, I'll how this. If you told me right now that for the for the next ten years. The only trail I could do every year that was available was the Florida Trail. I would definitely, if I had to choose between doing the Florida Trail or nothing, I would choose the Florida Trail for sure. Well, thank you guys so much for chatting with me and sharing your story. And I appreciated the uh, kind of the split view between both of you guys, uh, someone hiking the trail, but you're also supporting someone from a distance and a little bit of a different capacity than say, you know, other people are supporting them from home. Um, I appreciated that perspective. And you guys have a really cool, interesting lifestyle that I think so many other hikers are probably interested in as well. And so thank you for taking the time to uh, chat with me and um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, thank thank you. you. Thanks for having us. We always appreciate connecting with other people and, we do have a travel Instagram. You can find us at Wandering Wimps. To be completely honest, I haven't updated it in like a year. So I'm going to try to be better about that this year. I do most of my energy over on my personal account and share a lot of our life there. But um, Rob did document his Florida Trail experience on that account. So you can kind of read through some of those things if that's helpful to you. But we're just so grateful that you connected. And I was telling Rob, I'm like, man, I feel like I connected with Misty like, while you were doing the trail. It's been a year. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I, I finished I, the trail a couple days ago. Yeah. 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 I think I messaged you and then I kind of did a bunch of interviews but while, while people were off trail. I was like, let me get up as much interviews as I can. And then I kind of put you all on hold and I was like, let's touch base with y'all when I restarted back and it worked out perfectly. So yeah, I'm, I'm so glad. And we're in great company. We've been listening to some of your previous podcasts and recognizing some big names. So we're just really grateful to have the opportunity to share our story with you. That's it for this episode. If you want to find out more about Robin Kelly, check out the show notes for the episode at orangeblaze.thegardenpathpodcast.com for links on how to follow them online and to check out Kelly's Wholesome Nomad podcast. And I haven't done this in a while, but if you like the Orange Blaze podcast, can you drop a five-star rating over on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher? Even better, please tell your hiking friends about the podcast and have them subscribe. All right, until next time, happy hiking.